0: You are cordially invited to the Manor in the Woods, where an evening of discussion is being held by the O'Brien siblings, Catherine the Encyclopedia, Carolyn the Bookworm, Madeline the Wildcard, and Mackenzie the Eclectic. Join them in the study where there will be talk of murder, robbery, deception, and conveniently cloaked figures. So get cozy, pour yourself a cuppa, And join us for Mostly Murder.
1: But sometimes not. Welcome to a brand new episode of Mostly Murder But Sometimes Not, a podcast where four siblings get together and talk about mysteries and other properties. Uh, I'm your host for this episode. My name is Katie, and with me are my three siblings Carrie, Maddie, and I'm Mac. All right. So for this episode, we watched the pilot of the TV show Riverdale. And before I get into the background summary, I just want a yes or no answer. Have we all at least read an Archie comic?
0: Yes.
1: I have no? it right here. <laughs> okay, then. Maddie, you've never read an Archie comic?
2: I've seen it and I know it's like Betty I'm not talking Veronica. about the show.
1: I'm talking about the comic.
2: I mean, I'm sure I've seen, like, a few things in passing, but they're like a whole comic book thing for each one, right?
1: Okay, I'll get into that, I I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, I used to read them a lot, actually.
0: Don't get our hopes up with talks of the comic. I I wanted to know
1: who had the background of the comic. Okay, so we're covering Riverdale, and Riverdale is a TV show that aired on the CW, airs on the CW, and it started in 2017. There are currently four seasons. The fifth season is slated to air January 2021, so it is still on. And it is based on the Archie comics. Uh, The Archie comics, Archie did first appear in 1941. I did look that up. But the actual Archie comic, newsstand comic, started in 1942. And it ran from 1942 until June of 2015. So it ran consistently that whole time. And then in July of 2015, it became a direct market comic, so comic book stores, not newsstands. And it ran for a couple more years, but now that's, I think, done. Is it? And it's just like, well, I think the official Archie comic is over, but then there's still, like, bits and pieces coming out. Like, this newsstand ones are still coming. I don't know if they're new. I didn't do as much research into that. I know you're holding one in your hands. I'm just gonna
3: say, (laughs) where is this from? Okay, it says this was uh published in tw- uh, November 2017. It's published four times a year by Archie Comic
1: Publications. But that's not the comic book one. That's the newsstand one. That doesn't matter. Matt guys, over it.
0: desperately, as much as I would like this to be an Archie comic review podcast, <laughs> I I cannot believe I am the one that has to say this. But let's get on to Riverdale so we can get this over with.
1: It says the copyright (laughs) is 2017. I know, and I said it went until at least 2018. I know, but Katie, what happened with
0: sex, Archie?
1: Wait. (laughs) So, the TV show was created by a guy named Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, who wrote. He does a lot of TV. He wrote comics, and he's the one who wrote Afterlife with Archie, which was riverdale zombie apocalypse which was very cool and he also did writing on the chilling adventures of sabrina so he pitched this show to the cw and the cw was like murder mystery with horny teenagers sign us up so (laughs) this i'm gonna just give you an overview of the first episode but the show was marketed as twin peaks with sexy teens and so there's actually a lot of parallels like every review I read of the show before it started was like it's like Twin Peaks but with teenagers who are horny. <laughs> Twin so, Peaks
3: had teenagers and they I were I know that's why I thought it was horny. Weird.
1: But anyway, so very much like Twin Peaks, this episode sets up a big mystery and all the characters. So, okay, Bear with me? Here's the summary. Okay. The episode starts with a voiceover of moody teenager writer Jughead and he gives the background of Riverdale this perfect picturesque town that was wracked by tragedy in the summer when Cheryl and Jason Blossom, who are twins, decide to dress all in white and sit in a rowboat and go out under the river. And then Cheryl is found a little bit later soaking wet and Jason has fallen out of the boat and has drowned and is presumed dead. So this whole town's like super sad about it. And then Jughead says... Um, a new mystery rolled into town which was really silly <laughs> so one of the things about this show that helped them set up and let us learn about the characters is that new mystery is hermione and her daughter veronica lodge moved to town and we learned through the episode that um, hermione is from the town and she had dated fred andrews who is archie's dad for a while in high school and then she left him for a rich guy well that rich guy is now in jail or on trial for embezzlement or something so the super rich family has to come back to Riverdale so with those two coming back it allows us to be introduced to some other characters we're also introduced to Betty the girl next door Archie the boy next door and Kevin the gay best friend and we find out that Betty is super in love with Archie. They haven't seen each other all summer. And Kevin's like, girl, you should totally tell him you love him. And she's like, fine. And we also are introduced to this situation with Betty and her mom, Alice. They have a very tense relationship. It seems Alice is pushing Betty to be perfect. They kind of say something about um, Betty's sister, Polly, who had dated Jason Blossom. Then he did something to her. We're not sure what. And now her sister is in some sort of home because she had a breakdown So that's kind of a mini mystery that gets introduced in this episode. So that kind of sets up their relationship. So anyway, but, um, Archie and Betty go to pop's chocolate shop and Betty's just about to tell Archie how she feels. When of course Veronica walks in all super sexy in a cape and pearls and lipstick. And he's like, who's this girl? And she like starts talking to him and they find out she's starting at school the next day with them. Um, So then they find out Betty is kind of her school liaison, and so the next day, Betty introduces Veronica to the school, kind of gives her the lowdown. At lunch, she meets Cheryl Blossom, who is, like, the school mean girl, rich bitch, but also is, like, dealing with this tragedy of her brother being dead. Um, And so... Cheryl talks about cheerleading and we find out Betty always wanted to be a cheerleader and Veronica's like, I'll totally help you. They go to cheerleading tryouts. This is all very high school. Um, Cheryl's like trying to use her power and be like, I'll take you, Veronica, but not you, Betty, because I'm mad at you because of your sister and brother, my brother and whatever. And Veronica's like stood up for Betty and they both make it on the cheerleading team. And the episode does develop Betty and Veronica's friendship, which was kind of cool, especially because it wasn't in the comics a lot. We also of course had to include some silly lesbian kiss but then immediately it got called out so that was kind of nice and well I'm sure we'll talk about it so meanwhile Archie's whole deal is gasp he's not actually the boy next door because he's been having an affair with his music teacher Miss Grundy the whole summer and it's making him super emo so he's been writing poetry which oh actually poetry is just songs without music so he's been adding music So he has this whole thing where he's trying to decide if he wants to do music. And then he has this nice um, conversation with his dad where his dad's like, you told your football coach that you can't do football because I'm making you work. But you told me you can't work because you're playing football. So what's the deal? And so Archie confesses he doesn't know how to balance all these things in his life. And his dad is like, I don't care if you never work for me. I don't care if you play football. Um, But what you choose has consequences. And so you should have the conviction that you don't need to lie about your decisions, which I was like, awesome. So Archie convinces Miss Grundy to help him do music, even though she doesn't want to be alone with him because of the whole statutory rape situation, by the way, (laughs) he's like 15 or 16. Yeah. We're going to have to think about that. Yeah. So, but by the end, he convinces Miss Grundy to help him just for music, not for sex. And so that whole thing gets figured out. So the episode kind of ends where Veronica convinces, tries to get Betty to ask um, Archie to go to the dance and Betty kind of flubs it and just asks um, Archie to go with the both of them. So the three of them go to the dance, but she does end up confessing her feelings to him and he's kind of like, doesn't really feel it. Cheryl invites him over to go to her house for an after party. And of course, being the manipulative person she is, gets Archie and Veronica into the closet for seven minutes in heaven which of course makes betty upset and that they do end up kissing so that's i think two kisses for veronica this episode um and when they emerge and find out betty is missing they both go to look for her veronica kind of gives up and goes home um archie finds jughead being all moody and teenagery at pops and we find out archie and jughead are not friends or were not friends anymore they had some sort of falling out so that's all like what big what's going on here. So Archie finally goes and finds Betty at surprise her own house. He says, You're just so perfect, I will never be good enough for you breaks both of their hearts, which is just silly. So, why are we watching this show? What is the whole point? Well, they're setting up this mystery because number one, um they're in the summertime Oh, I forgot to mention, so Jason and Cheryl went out on July 4th, on the morning of July 4th, for their, like, boat ride when he drowned um, and went missing. So on the morning of July 4th, also inexplicably, Archie and Miss Grundy are making out on a blanket by the river, don't really know why, 6 a.m., and they both hear a gunshot. Or maybe fireworks. Miss Grundy really wants to believe it's fireworks because they didn't tell anyone about the gunshot because of the whole statutory rape situation. But the episode ends with gay best friend Kevin and super not gay moose, except he will do everything except kissing, quote, um, getting together for a tryst by the river when Kevin trips over what turns out to be Jason Blossom's body with a gunshot in the middle of his forehead. So the mystery it's setting up is who killed Jason? What's going on with Polly? Why is she in this thing? And what's going on? So Maddie and Mac, you have never seen the show before? Yeah. No. Nope. This is my first time seeing I've it. I've never seen it. <laughs> Carrie and I had a lovely discussion. Well, Carrie, you can go ahead.
3: Yeah, no, I uh had seen this pilot before. I watched at least the first season. I honestly don't remember how far I watched. I think it was the middle of the second season that I dropped out because um, kind of like Twin Peaks, it goes wildly bonkers very quickly and it was too much for me. So I was just like, no, thank you. Well,
1: Carrie and I, we both watched the whole first season and then we both feel like we dropped out in the middle of the second season. So like literally a week or two ago, I was reading through the Wikipedia, like, oh, by the way, everyone, we are going to spoil things. We're going to spoil things that might happen in the last episode of season four. Like, just so you know, we're going to, it's a, it's a Ben in the zeitgeist.
0: (laughs) Katie, are you telling me we're not going to return to this series?
1: (laughs) I
2: mean, maybe,
1: but anyway. Did it get
2: zombie apocalypse
1: weird? I wish it had, but. There's it just, weird there stuff. There was a lot of stuff with the serial killers in season two, and then also Archie. So, like, okay. So, Carrie and the were reading through the King. thing.
3: What happened? I don't... What's that? Gargoyle I don't know, Carrie. I never
1: watched it. King? Maddie, Maddie don't gargoyle. interrupt. I but you Please read don't the Wikipedia. Me. I mean... The, I know. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Stop interrupting me. With, with the Gargoyle King, <laughs> I
3: remember seeing trailers where there were... Some characters were, like, weirdly levitating, and I was like, what is this magic? I don't get it. Because, also, there were supposed to be a crossover with the Netflix series of Sabrina, which is now, unfortunately, canceled. So that's never going to happen unless they, I don't know, if they have, like, a weird contract and they're going to, whatever. They can do something with that. But Greendale, which is the Sabrina thing, and Riverdale, which is obviously what we're doing right now, are neighboring towns mm-hmm. and... There's like weird shit that happens. So you interrupted me, the which was
1: very rude. You're
3: you talked for a really long time.
1: I'm trying to tell this lovely story of So Carrie, I'm we were trying to figure out where we both dropped out and why. Because we dropped out in the middle-ish near the end of season 2. I feel like I remember watching the last episode of season 2, but for 10 episodes before that, I didn't watch any of that. So I think maybe I just decided to see what was up. Because there was, like, the stuff about a serial killer and videotapes and whatever. And there was, like, a Black Hood and then... But then season three, we started hearing about everyone's doing this drug called Jingle Jangle. What? There's there's a drug called Jingle Jangle. There's a guy named the Gargoyle King. We're not sure what's going on with that. There's a whole subsection of Jughead being a part of a gang and his dad like being a gang leader of the Southside Serpents and this whole thing with my like but Carrie and I actually ducked out before it got even that crazy. So Yeah,
3: because I remember jingle jangle. I remember seeing it in the show and being like this is weird. It looks it comes in this thing that looks like pixie sticks. I think in the show like there's like weird sticks that the the drug comes in and around the time that it was happening on the show I was shopping in Trader Joe's, and they have like a cookie, like a chocolate covered cookie called Jingle Jangle, and I was like, "This is very strange." Oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: So, okay, Matt, Maddie, let's start with you. Actually, wait, hold what up. What had you heard?
0: So I just need to. I need to. I just need to state.
1: No, Mac. I know. I'm gonna say you. So, really what to say? Man. Okay, never mind.
0: Folks at home, we now currently have psychedelic drugs and ambiguously named drug lord sex statutory rape murder uh for all of you who have been checking off your bingo cards <laughs> um i want to remind everybody this is archie
3: we don't know <laughs> that no the gargoyle king is a drug lord we don't know anything about drug lords we just know that drugs are a thing and we don't even no, know it from thought, this episode no but the, the gargoyle
2: Jug king was a
0: this is Archie. This is a cartoon character with all the sexual appeal of Mister Peanut. What are we doing here?
3: <laughs> People could be attracted to Mister Peanut. Yeah, no you shame. don't know. No kink shame. No kink shame,
2: man.
1: <laughs> um, Mac. Okay, fine. We'll finally get to you, Mac. What did you know about the show and the Zeitgeist? Why are you so angry? Like, what did you know before coming in? I don't know. I have a yeah, whole. Yeah, are you rant. some
2: Archie purist?
1: like kind of I know of, that yes. Maddie was aware of the show.
0: Sorry. I'm kind of I've had this issue with the CW and other similarly designed shows where they have an impulse to make everything hot and young. Now I recognize this is not new. This has existed forever. Shakespeare did this like sp- probably like ancient greek playwrights did this this is not young i am annoyed at the specific flavor that the cw tends to put on this and other affiliated uh uh tv networks abc don't think i didn't see you making a sexy hot young captain hook my (laughs) my issue i could ordinarily and this might be getting us into a little bit uh too deep a territory too soon
1: No. That's our podcast. We knew what we want.
0: My my issue is not necessarily with them making everybody hot, because I get that. Archie's dad is hot. Veronica's mom is hot. I think the only person that's not hot in this show is Pops, and honestly, he's the one I vibe with the most.
3: People can (laughs) find him hot. Yeah, hello.
0: They have to make everything sexy and hot and young, which I am fine with. It is a TV show. Except for one aspect of this show that we have touched on. And that is with the statutory rape. Now, this is bad. Just objectively. It doesn't matter that Archie's the boy. But they framed it. This show chooses how to cast, how to write, and how to frame scenes statutory rape is a serious thing and it should not be represented as hot in any regard. And yet, you know, the scene between Archie and his teacher back was
3: of the, the slugbook,
0: like, unnecessarily sexualized.
3: sexualized. Yes. And I remember reading the Archie comic books when I was younger, Miss Grundy is supposed to be Like, 70 years old, 60 to 70, gray-haired, top-knot-bun, like, total prude, completely upright, like, stick-up-the-bum type of character.
0: (laughs) Aunt May. She's supposed to be I want to know,
3: Aunt May is kind and generous and empathetic. Miss Grundy is mean. She is a mean lady.
2: I want to know what canon Miss Grundy's real kinks were. (laughs) <laughs> and I really hope they weren't 15-year-old boys.
3: Um, definitely I mean, some dom-sub things happening.
1: <laughs> Ooh. Guys. <laughs> okay. I think, Mac, you are absolutely correct. I'm not gonna play Devil's Advocate because this it, the CW does do stuff like this, and it's Purely just to be, like, young and sexy and cool. It's Supergirl, why was Jimmy Olsen buff and hot?
3: Like, I was watching... I've been kind of re-watching Smallville recently. Um, It's I've petered off because I'm at home and there's less internet. But, like, the very first season, Clark is supposed to be, like, 14 years old. He's being played by, like, a 20-something. He has a six-pack. He is without her shirt a lot. And I'm just like, he is a tiny human boy. He's supposed to look more like an 11-year-old than a 20-year-old. And, like, it's ridiculous. It is entirely ridiculous. And they're doing the same thing with this, where it's like he like a, when you're a sophomore. The characters in the show are sophomores, like at on the young end of the spectrum. They could still be fourteen. The oldest I feel like he could possibly be, unless he was held back in school, is sixteen. In which case, it is still entirely ridiculous and unacceptable, illegal. This is like a grooming practice, which is, um, I'm trying to think of the word. It is repugnant. It is revolting and entirely bad.
0: I want you to consider that there is an image on our mother's screensaver that pops up every once in a blue moon. And it is of me. It is of me when I had my perm. It is of me when I had my sideburns. It is of me when I was injecting uh, uh, pizza rolls with Worcestershire sauce. Yep. With a full intent of eating them in that way. I still do that, by the way.
3: I was going to say... I was stopped. <laughs>
0: older than Archie when I did that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he's not mature enough to be making any of the decisions that he's making. Except for music versus football. That's the level of decision making he should be struggling with.
2: Well, I feel like we shouldn't be... I guess Archie is the victim in this situation. We yes. should be mad at Miss Grundy, Absolutely. who's like, ooh, RDM. hot 14-year-old, let me slow down my car and sip on my Slurpee and say, do you want a ride?
1: <laughs> Think about that for the it's context. It's pretty hot the-
2: for you to be walking home alone, sweating Imagine with th- your six-pack.
0: <laughs> Imagine if that situation were reversed, and it was like, uh, what, late 20s, early 30s male teacher yeah, l- like leering at a 14-year-old girl.
1: That happens all the time, and it's gross. It's yes, it does level happen of all gross. the time.
0: But people, I don't know why the CW thinks they can get away with it just because the teachers. So is
1: a I woman. think okay, because I, I knew we were going to talk about this. This is my thoughts on it. They should not have done it, obviously. But this show is clearly intended to be like this is not the Archie comics you know from the storybooks. It is supposed to be like shocking. And so like the fact that I remember when I found out she was Miss Grundy and I was like, I like laughed because in my head I was like, oh, she's supposed to be like a 75 year old cranky lady. And so they're trying to make it young and hot. They had the whole thing with Betty and Veronica. I mean, I remember their kiss being part of the promotions because they were like trying to be cool and lesbians. And whatever. So, like, I think a part of that was just them. In 2016, when they're developing the show, it's kind of before Me Too. It's kind of before Me Too made everyone, like, realize... Well, not everyone. It kind of before Me Too made the people Rational in point. power acknowledge that statutory rape is statutory rape no matter what. It's yeah. Whether it's whether the They
3: realized boy. there were consequences, I mean, like, and people yeah. knew that that was not acceptable.
1: Like, maybe in the show context of the show Archie was like super into it but that doesn't make it okay and i th- i think if they were developing the show now it would not happen but it did happen and it was wrong so mac besides that what kind of cultural context did you have for riverdale
0: aside from knowing that it was ostensibly a low grade msg filled knockoff of twin peaks
1: Msg. Msg.
0: I can. I use msg as shorthand for like artificially filling things with just. I
1: thought it, msg was like a seasoning. Seasoning.
0: It's a seasoning. And I thought it was just filler.
1: What's no. a good? No. What's a good it's corporate like shorthand
0: for filler? Lard. Uh,
2: corporate shorthand. Are you in the corporate shorthand uh, circles, Mackenzie?
0: Um. I mean, I do work for a multi-million okay. dollar company.
3: <laughs> so
2: do so, i
3: so does maddie and maybe katie i
1: don't think we're the military i
0: don't I mean, know there's
1: a lot of money in lawyer nonsense we're all
0: owned by our corporate overlords generally when i think about this show i just thought about the cw doing what cw does best making captain cold a hot man
3: captain, captain I mean, cold is captain cold
0: He was from uh, Legends of Tomorrow, uh, a a TV show that they also put out for the DC layout.
1: I think we should also remember, I pretty much only watch Supernatural now in terms of CW shows. Mac watches all of the DC Universe, or you did. So you've got like four to. or five shows, right?
0: Uh, Yes, I watched Supergirl, uh, which didn't originally debut on CW, but then they decided to switch it over, which explains why they had to go into the entire multiverse thing. Why? Uh,
3: why did it originally premiere?
0: I forget.
1: I think it was NBC.
0: Yes, and then once they switched over to the CW, they had to change shooting locations from wherever they were shooting it originally to Toronto. To a much
1: which-
2: hotter place. <laughs>
0: Uh, I've also seen Arrow, The Flash, Legend of Tomorrow which started out a lot better than I originally thought it would Mm -hmm.
1: Um, so like you're more familiar with the way like I'm aware of Teen Wolf and how that got adapted from the 80s movie I'm aware of Swamp Thing and how that's being adapted currently yeah
3: like like I've been watching the CW for a little bit because of Smallville like I watched Smallville I'm Pretty sure I've been watching it. I like watched it all the way through. I think I dropped off in like the, some of the later seasons and then came back when I found out it was finishing. I started watching Supernatural when it started. So that was 15 years ago.
1: Well, um, that's bonkers. I know.
3: Very wild. So, I mean, like, it's just a thing that the CW does. It's
1: like you have to accept.
3: <laughs> it's geared toward teens. And
1: I don't. Well, do early 20s? I think it's geared more to, like, 13. I guess that's a teen.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, young, I like middle I don't think it's school. teenagers. Like, 13-year-olds.
1: They're not teenagers. I'm thinking of, like, 8th graders. No. Depends
0: on which shows. Some shows so, are aimed Maddie, at older audiences. Yeah, that's true. I can imagine Flash is definitely aimed at towards, like, 12 and 13-year-olds. Arrow is a little bit older just because they... Initially started out with an admittedly interesting kill all the rich profile before they decided to water it down.
1: Yeah, that was Aww. fun. Um, Maddie, then, what were you aware of in terms of this? Because now that I find that you haven't even read the comics, like, what was your background coming into this?
2: Like, nothing. I feel like I I saw Archie comics, like, kind of randomly, you know, growing up. It's in the cultural zeitgeist and, uh, that's pretty... <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> Sorry. That's pretty much it. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, um, I but I had heard about this in. show. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Okay. But I had heard about the show. It's part of my monologue. Um, <laughs> that it was, like, sexy teenagers and everybody bangs everybody. Okay, yeah.
3: So then... No, I think that what they... Really, it's a a thin, veiled excuse to just have hot, sexy teenagers. And it's like, we're going to take the overarching overarching framework of boy next door, girl next door, like Jughead says, um, random friend, and small town, and fridge girl. So we've got Archie, Betty, Veronica, Jughead. That's all all of your
2: Archie types, if you will.
3: (laughs) What?
0: (laughs) Oh. She made a joke. uh, You see, it's kind of archetypes. Carrie,
3: I was like, you should love this. Why aren't you laughing? I thought I missed something because I was talking and then it it came through. And that's very good. Yes. (laughs) So they have the archetypes. (laughs) or R2 type r 2 type. And like <laughs> oh, 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 that's what? literally all they did. Is they like this first episode they set up this world and then they they don't care about anything else. They're just like we're going to make it dark. We're going to put in
1: shadows. There are going to be secrets and
3: murder. Like that's
2: don't forget hot teen sex.
1: I feel like and I honestly I think the creator would admit this. It's just like writing fan fiction. So you're taking characters that already exist and you're putting them in a world you you want and not necessarily that's quote-unquote canon i don't want it <laughs> like even the logo looks like twin peaks they've got an actress from twin peaks but similarly to having so many characters and like this secret and i will say i do not think the show continued to be like twin peaks at all especially after season one mm-hmm. it just got like a soap opera it's like Okay, this is weird, but it does kind of start reminding me of early '90s teen soaps like Nine Hundred Two One Zero and stuff, and Melrose Place, and which is ironic. Like, that's one of the reasons I think they're using some of these actors from those shows. They've got Luke Perry, they've got Skeet Ulrich, they've got Molly Ringwald plays Archie's mom. Like,
3: they've got Alice. I was like, what? Who I can't remember his name. Cooper. No, no. I mean, I know Alice Cooper, the actress's name.
1: It's, I don't remember. It's like mentioned Man- something. It's,
3: something, yeah. She was on Twin Peaks. Yeah.
1: yeah. So they're kind of using this parallel of like, remember all those teens that your parents were into? Well, they're now parents of this show. It's like, remember? Uh, there's a Will and Grace quote about the OC. About the 25-year-old teenagers who have 35-year-old parents.
3: <laughs> no, <laughs> like, but that's, that's what, funny.
1: It's like... Will the, oh he's William trying to explain Grace. the OC huh. yeah
0: that's how I describe the uh the Archie like teacher thing like I'd be more okay if I found out the actors had an affair on set than I was with what I saw on screen
3: yeah because
1: they are way older and you well, know also it's to like adults.
3: appropriate the ages. first
1: time you see both Betty and Archie they're shirtless she's like in a bra and he's you know putting on a shirt whatever putting on a shirt, (laughs) so he's no longer shirtless. Mm -hmm. I think they're just like, I don't know. I do like some of the things, so some of the things, I remember when I watched this for the first time that I rolled my eyes about, they immediately called themselves out on.
3: Yeah, like the gay best friend, like it capitalized. Yes. Gay best
1: friend. Gay best friend. GBK. er.
2: Was it capitalized in the captions? Yes.
1: Yes.
0: Uh I don't forgive them for that.
1: Well, cause like when Veronica calls Cheryl out for being all Cheryl, when, um, they have the lesbian kiss and then Cheryl's like, this is so like 1994.
3: Yeah, that hasn't like, been taboo since 1994.
1: That's okay. Right. I do. I,
0: I'm not okay with the whole gay best friend, you know, stereotype that they played on. And I'm not okay with the exploitative lesbian kiss.
1: No, oh, you shouldn't. Well, but that's what they're calling they, themselves. Out. Even if the, that's not, that doesn't make it fine. So when Kevin was, I like don't consider Archie's them like every other millennial straight guy. I don't right? think they're millennials. Oh, they're not. They're Gen Z, if they're anything. Sorry.
0: I don't. I don't think they're woke for calling out their own. Be. They wrote that script. They knew that they could cash in on the popularity of the gay best friend and the lesbian kiss even to the point where they put the lesbian kiss in their advertisement and just calling themselves on on it does not excuse the fact that they are banking on that to earn them
3: I think maybe it's like uh, yes, (laughs) preach good, yes Um, (laughs) I think it kind of goes towards the question of who the audience is because there are people of an older generation (laughs) who might not know or might not recognize that times have changed. And these things are like, you can't substitute just any random gay character and be like, he's the best friend, blah. You can't have like the faux lesbian kiss and be like, Ooh, daring. But then, so there's the older generation who's still familiar with those tropes. And then the younger generation who sees them as something that you can mock something that's unacceptable. And so they are trying to do the best of both worlds, you know, because there are people who consume pop culture like us and we're older and like we, like our tastes don't run towards this television show, but there are people around our age who might be interested in something like this and the soapy, um, aspects of it. And then there are, are like actual teenagers who might be interested in the show as well. So I think they're trying to play both sides.
2: I seem to remember that either Katie or Carrie or both were trying to get me to watch this. And I feel like I remember (laughs) that it was Katie and she definitely used the uh, phrase, it's like a soap opera, but with like weird magic or whatever the fuck they do in the second season kind of thing. No.
1: I liked the first season I remember because it it felt like a soap opera but with like great production value similar to like even like a Downton Abbey I love I liked because it was a soap opera but just with like in a British house. This is like a teen soap but also with adult soap stuff that are the alts, adults also act like teenagers in this which I think is a big thing that happens in teen shows. And the
3: teenagers act like adults. Yeah. i think Mac. my
2: response oh, was like sure i'll add it to my list of things that you tell me to watch but i know i'm never gonna watch sorry
1: yeah yeah and i will say rewatching it i was like okay you don't have to watch this
2: <laughs> thanks
1: i don't even miss like i was considering watching it in the background while i worked because it was like I, it doesn't matter but i don't think i'm even gonna do that Mac.
0: does it kind of speak f- to the quality of the writing that we are now. Let me just double check on this one. Uh, Thirty minutes into our podcast, and we have not talked about the plot.
3: There isn't really a plot well, so the, much. Yeah, I mean, there are any, No, records. I'm wrong. Oh. There is. There is definitely a plot. Um, you know, like there's the the new girl in town that allows for all of the exposition. There's the dead guy who went missing, and then that now they found, but he didn't die the way that they thought. There's the I mean, there is definitely plot in this, there is a mystery in this
0: I'm pointing out the fact that we haven't talked about it
1: Mac yeah, we don't have to because also it's been pointed out before by us and other people that sometimes when we do something that's a serialized show like this or wallander or whatever, like sometimes things don't have a, they are open ended and we that's usually why we choose to watch the pilot. Cause it's not like a CSI where you can just drop in in the middle and watch a whole case beginning to end, but but when we list when we watched the night of when we watched
0: Twin Peaks when we watched Fargo when we talked about them we talked about the things that happened in those episodes we, we didn't that. do that. We didn't do that much, as much here. I don't think we're focusing as much on the plot as we are of, of the overarching studios behind them and the decisions that led into them.
1: What does that matter?
0: I'm pointing out the fact that the reason we're not talking about the episode as much is because the episode doesn't have much to talk about beyond I shallow stuff. I have a lot of notes. Stuff.
1: I just thought our conversation was more interesting. Yeah,
0: I know, but we're eventually going to have to get down to the meat of the matter. So <laughs> let's
2: let's get to the meats.
0: Let's start meats. talking about what happened in this episode.
3: Carrie so, didn't like the meats. I don't like the meats. No. Uh, so what happened is somebody got murdered. That and was it
0: wondering. took us an entire episode to get there.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, no, we knew about it at the beginning. They talk about. No, we didn't know he was okay. murdered. We knew he died. Oh, that's true. And then what we do find out about a gunshot and like that Halfway kind of situation through.
0: As, as people who have um as people who have seen the rest of season one, can I just act, ask a quick spoiler question? sure at the end of this episode, there was very much one of those one of these people will be arrested uh types of things. please tell me it was Cheryl
1: can I confess? I don't remember no idea God. can I also <laughs> confess. Mac? I don't remember who shot him. I don't remember what happened to him. <laughs> but that's partly because when I was reading through the Wikipedias of like seasons three and four, I think that his body is disappeared from his grave and it was somewhere else. And they like, obviously, it's episodes I haven't watched. You remember that, character?
3: They like, they like double back to this plot point a couple different times.
1: There's so I don't remember what actually
3: happened. Multiple explanations. I think it is his dad who shot him.
1: Oh, because he was holding him captive or something.
3: Yes. It turns out that Jason didn't die that day. He was alive longer than they thought. Um, Because there's some stuff about the Coopers. No, 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 no. Betty, there's the, the family. That's the Coopers, which is Polly and Betty. And then there are the Blossoms, Cheryl and Jason. And there is some sort of... Potential crossbreeding Dude. there. Like, oh, yeah. So that's why yeah. the mom was so pissed about Polly dating Jason. Like, they might have been siblings or something. And so Speaking that's... of crossbreeding. Yeah.
2: <laughs> are Cheryl and jason like oh my a, like god lannister
0: kind of oh my god thank situation. you so much i was so afraid no. of breaking it i got real folgers christmas commercial vibes from those two <laughs> and i'm so glad i'm not the only one.
3: Oh, it yeah it's horrible they're you're not it. the only one those vibes are totally there um as far as i can remember there is no actual basis they probably just were like she
2: said he was her soulmate
1: I know. You can have multiple different types of soulmates. You soul can mates. have platonic life soulmate. People. You don't go into society, but
0: <laughs> none of you are my soulmates. There's a, a like, yeah, as my family, I love you, but also Gross. as my family,
1: I kind of hate you.
3: Yeah. Sorry, no.
1: Maddie, say that again.
3: Uh, but yeah, no, so I'm pretty sure they, like, his dad captures him or something. And holds him hostage, and I can't remember why he wanted to keep him alive or why he ended up shooting him, but then it might have also had something to do with the Blossoms. It's not brought up in this episode, but they have a maple syrup business, and that's how they get their
1: money. Empire.
3: Yes, whatever. <laughs> they have an M- You guys, empire.
1: it's really nonsense. Isn't he trying to like blame Jughead's dad for the murder? Because he was there for torture reasons.
3: Yes, yes. Jughead, Jughead's dad does have something to do with it. Like they hired him to capture Jason, maybe. Something. And not so, like, like it. all this
1: stuff that matters, you guys, you didn't even meet these characters. No, I know.
3: Like, I'm like,
2: I don't. Okay. I don't yeah, like Jughead it. was barely in this.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Cole yeah. Sprouse needed more time in the sun.
2: I definitely oh, thought possibly, it was possibly literally. Sprouse. He's quite a pale boy. Really. <laughs> I forgot no, that it's which Cole. one's which. Remember team, when you wanted me to marry are... uh Dylan? Dylan. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I Why? still do. You, like you couple. made like an argument thing and you wanted to send it to him.
3: No. I sent it to you. <laughs> because <laughs> he was a just weird a person. Polar. And you're a weird person.
1: I <laughs> Hey, it could happen. jughead had made me roll my eyes most of the time just because it was like, get over yourself, moody teen, but he does it the whole time. I kind of had to like forget about it because it was Cole's bros. There and... was
3: there's a scene in later on in the season where Betty and Jughead become a couple, and he like is resisting it because the he has a speech that goes something along the lines of "I'm weird, I'm a weird boy, I'm a weird person. You wouldn't like me because I'm weird." You <laughs> <I don't> like <laughs> me different. when I'm weird. <laughs>
0: Meanwhile, in the comics, he's just canonically asexual.
1: Yeah. Is he canonically asexual? I was yes. going to ask Yes, that.
0: he specifically calls himself asexual.
1: New In the new comics that Chip Zdarsky wrote, he is specific. yeah.
3: There's because a scene? He,
1: he's in this relationship with this girl who he meets because she's a hamburger mascot. Oh my god!
3: That is right! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Look at this! I don't know if you That's can see it, but he's love. like, burger, love, lady, and like, man face. And then he's got a lot of questions.
1: Burger lady. Yeah, he's like he's he's kind of figuring out that he is asexual because they go out on dates and he's like she's perfect for me, but why don't I feel anything? And it's that's why. So Mac, I understand that frustration, but like I said, I kind of have to view it as just like it's fan fiction. It's just using these characters and, and doing whatever you want with them.
0: Well, it's bad fan fiction.
3: Yeah, it's like we you don't <laughs> someone wanna, gave him a
1: budget. You don't want
3: to create the backgrounds of people. You just want to play around with storylines, and use people's preconceived notions of who they are and their values and characters and stuff.
0: Oh, you mean like, I don't know, making a show on the CW where there is just a Supergirl, but just for shock value, you come up with a plot line where a Nazi Supergirl from an alternate dimension comes in? Because, yeah, that's realistic.
2: Sure. Sure. (laughs) I feel like there's not much mystery to talk about because this is – 100% 100% exposition, they just kind of jumped from thing to thing. There's this person, there's this person, there's here, there's
3: yeah. their
2: deal, there's their deal. I feel like we should jump into notes because there,
3: I feel like, is a, uh, a font of... Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I think there. that they're they're more establishing the vibe of the show. Like, they're assuming that you kind <laughs> of know the people and who they are, and they're just like, here is, you know, Riverdale...
0: Mm -hmm. Do they really get to do that, though? Because you don't get to to be, hey, you should care about these characters. It's Archie. And also say, this ain't your granddaddy's, Archie. You don't know this one. You can't convince us to care about them and also tell us they're not the ones that we knew the whole time at the same time. That's exactly what it is. That's Batman v Superman 101.
1: That is exactly what they're doing. They don't get to do that, though. You're not the target audience for this. I'm still i i
0: i have a deep welling rage inside of me because I've watched this. There's
3: a reason why like fairy tale retellings are so popular. Like continually, it's because people want to see stories that they're familiar with that they're already invested in, but in a new, I mean, innovative way.
1: You guys, didn't we have a twenty minute discussion about Once Upon a Time on this podcast before? We did, and I don't minutes, think we're yeah. done with that one. By the way,
3: we're not done.
1: <laughs> I
2: feel like I probably wasn't there for it. You were there. You Men, were just, probably you were mentally. Because I've mentally, never though. seen it.
1: You had I just think out by I, that point. I just
0: think it's annoying that we keep thinking, what if we took something that was fun and lighthearted when we were kids and we just made it dark? Why dark? Why not litigious or overly specific or Did just you kind of litigious? weird?
1: What? Archie the lawyer? I mean, is what we see? I, no. don't,
0: I don't know. I hate it when they just think, <laughs> let's make it dark. What okay. if we made it strange at the very least? Because what we, if there was we like we a Teletubbies up. thing that was also a like a, 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 a like a law firm show? That's I what don't,
3: this is about. Like you, you, it's taking the nostalgia for things when we're younger and then adapting it for a more adult audience. So it's dark like, and sexy Zaboomafoo. <laughs> I won't no, it is stop. literally that. Like because we're older, people assume that that must be what we want, and I think you're proving them wrong. Because you are old. You're going to be 26 tomorrow.
2: You old bitch.
0: Wait. (laughs) I do want to prove them wrong about that kind of thing. Because I am pissed off at the notion that the way to get something to be adult is to just mask on this blank, careless canvas of sex, drugs, and violence. You know what I consider to be a very adult show, even though it never really did anything with, like, blood or guts or anything? Avatar The Last Airbender. It came up with the concepts of genocide. Don't, it came spo- up with the don't con-
1: spoil anything. No spoilings.
0: Okay, I will simply say themes in Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, genocide, you know, cultural superiority, you know, trying to find your place in a world that kind of lost its place for you. Oh, yes, I Mac, agree. You
2: are getting old. You're like, why do shows have to be all sex and violence and drugs? Why can't <laughs> no, no, no. they have a good story? Sex line? and violence
0: and drugs are not a problem. I consider one of my most interesting film suggestions is Repo, and that's just all sex and violence and drugs. I just find it interesting because they took all of that and said. What if we made it also a high concept sci-fi thing in the future where Anthony Stewart Head sticks his hand in a dude's uh, chest and works him like a I Muppet. thought
2: you were gonna say butthole. <laughs> <laughs> no, I and I really didn't want to see that Giles uh, vision.
3: <laughs> I think that. People might be coming around to that idea that things don't necessarily have to be turned dark and scary in order for them to be good and appealing to audiences. For instance, Katie and I just finished an episode of Schitt's Creek, which is like a very wholesome and fun, hilarious, amazing show that is... Or like
1: The Good Place or Bob's Burgers.
3: Exactly. Yes. Yes.
1: Or so, Kipo. Or what?
0: It's a Netflix show. Don't worry about it.
1: Okay. okay. Anyway, I don't worry. Mac, let's... I acknowledge and understand your frustration, but let's put a pin in it so we can talk about the episode. The frustration. Maddie, let's go over Yeah, it won't go away.
2: Yeah. I feel like, yeah, notes, I feel like are going to take a while, so we should get them started early.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's just do some notes and then...
2: Well, I just said I like the music. I actually did. So that Thanks. was... I wrote that down. Yeah. Um, I like the Josie stuff, yeah.
1: And Archie stuff. Yeah.
2: Millennial straight guys. Uh, and then he used swell in the same sentence, and I thought that was wrong. <laughs> that seemed forced, and I hated it. And um, I just thought Veronica and Betty were pretty rude to each other at the like their first meeting. Like, Veronica... I feel yeah. like obviously saw that they were vibing yeah. together almost. And completely yeah.
3: ignored Betty pretty much. Like was just focused directly on the hottie, which, yeah. you know.
1: I mean can't really blame her. They I would have at least
3: acknowledged and been nice to Betty and looked at her. Exactly. I mean I would have, like, but treat Betty I'm not, I'm like not a her. human. Yeah.
2: Not like a piece of meat. Um and I this was my favorite moment in the whole show is when um, Moose or Reggie, one of those came up to Archie and um, they were like, what do you benching? 220, 225? Are you doing like hibiscus tea or blah, blah, blah. And I just really wanted him to say, dude, what's the tea? And that was <laughs> like my
1: <sighs> dream.
2: I loved it because it was a moment I made up in my head and not something that I saw on the screen. Because all of that really was kind so
1: you're creating your Foolish. own fan fiction of fan fiction.
2: Yeah. Um, and I have to confess, confess, I never knew that um, Josie and the Pussycats was from Archie. Yep.
1: I guess. Yeah. If you haven't read the comic at all. You yeah. Knew, Did you Mac? You didn't either.
0: I was pissed off at their representation in this episode. <laughs> I know, big shock. But here's the thing. Josie and the Pussycats are a very positive, very uplifting band in the comics. And if anything, it was the biggest betrayal to the Archie comics, having them be like, you know, you have, you know, this is our space. You can't come in here for us. We're not going to try to advise you on anything. We're a big deal, even though we're a regional high school band.
3: So you think... The biggest betrayal is how mean Josie and the pussycats are to Archie and not a potentially
1: okay beyond the obvious, beyond the the obvious,
0: beyond the obvious.
1: (laughs) Let's just say that you hated everything about this and go from there.
0: That's the worst part. I don't, but I'll get to that.
2: Okay, Maddie, yeah. And then, um, just when the statutory right part came, I just wrote. Uh, problematic across the whole page, um, <laughs> as you see here.
3: I do see, um,
2: and uh, I was kind of excited. There was another Hermione. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I only know. I think I know of three now. Um, and then just everyone is banging everyone? Question mark.
1: I mean, yeah.
2: And then yeah. I was impressed by the advice that Katie mentioned in the beginning. Where um, yes. Archie's dad said that, um, do whatever you want, but have conviction conviction about
3: it, basically, and don't lie to him.
1: Yeah, and also like, yeah, like um, let's dive let's dive a little bit into that with Fred Andrews. Do you because... really
3: want to skip the rest of Maddie's notes or let her no? No, well, no. I, th- I think like we, we can go into
1: back that to him, but we can. Back. Yeah, okay. I just think in just this one episode. I mean, partly it's because it's Luke Perry. And people who are older, I mean, even older than me, I was like so young when that show aired, so I barely knew anything. But yeah, same. The the moment you meet him when he's meeting with Hermione and he's looking for help because his guy is on paternity leave. I
3: wrote that down.
1: That single sentence almost says everything about who he is. A
3: good man.
1: Like, A good and I agree, Maddie, I really love that line, because he initially starts out like every teen dad where he's like, I thought you want to play football, football will get you into school, and then you'll go to business school, and then you can end up working the business and blah, blah, blah. And you kind of roll your eyes. And then mm-hmm. he follows it up with, if this is what you really want to do, do it with conviction and make sure it's something you don't have to lie about.
3: Yeah, like he's a good dad and he's giving good advice. That the stuff that he does now will affect him in the future, and he's building the person he's going to be. Like that's, it's very good advice for a teenager. Like you, I will I love you like unconditionally. That. It's important that you behave in the manner that you want. You know, like that you will be your your assembling the building blocks of your future self and you want them to be stable you want them to be strong um therefore the conviction and not lying
2: dang girl I wish you were my dad, <laughs> Sorry, dad. no not really Sorry, he's dad. like one of okay, our only be the listeners worst. <laughs> I'm just saying that was good advice,
3: Carrie. Oh, thank you. Yes. Well, i yeah. It's it's friends' advice.
2: Man, what a, what a great metaphor, you building block, bitch, you.
3: <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. Also, sorry, Dad. Anywho, um, I said who didn't see the threesome angle coming when I uh, they made. I mean, there's obviously the. Um, thing between Archie and Betty and Archie and Veronica, and then they made uh, Veronica and Betty do the lesbian kiss, and then Betty was like, why don't we all go to the dance together? And I thought they were going (laughs) to do more. I thought they were going to develop more in the threesome thing, and I'm thinking they might do
3: a little more later in the show. No? Okay. Wow, that seems
2: like an easy, low-hanging fruit for them to do. If they are not going to stop at statutory rape, I feel like they wouldn't stop at (laughs) You know, teenage teenage threesome.
3: threesome. As I've, I mean, as we've established, there's a lot of the the show that we haven't seen. So as far as I know, they don't go there. But who knows? Like, it's possible. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, keep
2: going. Um, and I said it feels very weird. And I didn't like watching slash listening to teenagers do and say sexy things. I'm like, these are teenagers. And I am almost fucking 30 so (laughs) this is horrible and i i didn't like it it made me very
1: uncomfortable you guys what shows did we watch as teenagers were they like i mean weren't they doing all this stuff on the oc
2: and buffy the vampire slayer
1: supernatural buffy yeah like remember cordelia and wesley had a whole thing and she was still in school and like yeah, it know. was very this bad. The stuff was happening. And yeah. Angel was
2: like 240 and years old and 14. I know. Was 14. Also yes.
1: He's dating someone who's two hundred. But when I was
2: 14, old. I was like, "Oh, he's so deep." <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's exactly. the concept Katie explained when she when you're younger and you watch Ariel talking to her father and saying, "I'm 16." You're like, <laughs> "Yeah, you go, girl." And now that I am like almost 26, I look at Ariel and I think you don't know anything. You, dumb you baby never bitch. met him.
1: Literally, you guys, I watched The Little Mermaid last week or maybe two weeks ago, and I was like, I'm so old now because I kept going, like, You can't just run away. You're not showing up for your responsibilities. You're saying you're 16, you're not a child. You don't know anything. Stay under like, the seat. You're, you're, <laughs> you're lucky
0: Prince Eric is the best. I know, it's like Prince, you're not going to make ones this guy fall in
1: love with you in three days. Get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What were you saying, Mac?
3: Oh, man.
0: No, it's just something about Prince Eric. Maddie, what was your next uh, thing?
2: Um, nothing. That's pretty much it. I just said that the door is going to open and on them kissing and Betty's going to be all hurt on the Seven Minutes in Heaven thing. But that didn't happen. She ran away beforehand because she was so sad.
1: Mac, let's do your notes because it's going to be a downer.
2: Yeah.
0: Honestly, no, because <laughs> I got through a lot of my downers. One. This whole thing is weird. Check. Two. <laughs> there was a, a subtle moment when Betty was talking to her mother in the beginning of this episode when her mother just kind of like, at first it seemed like it was a reassuring like pat on the hand, but she was just slipping Adderall into Betty's uh, hands. So that did uh, that did tell you what kind of control Betty's mother
1: wanted to exert over they her life. They have a life. very complicated relationship.
0: Two. There were multiple references in this episode to the 2013 Alec Baldwin film, Uh, Blue Jasmine. And I don't know what kind of a big effect they thought that film had on society. No, I know what it
3: is. It's them trying to establish that Veronica is cool. Veronica is cultured. Veronica is from New York. She references books by Truman Capote and Woody Allen films. And... okay all this other stuff
1: that's one of my notes because i was like how well read are these teenagers if they're referencing things like our town and blue jasmine and truman compote but betty hasn't seen archie because she literally organized a book release party for tony morrison no 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 <laughs>
3: that would never happen that Ooh. is ridiculous carrie that's- triggered
1: okay literally carrie i was watching that and i was like carrie's gonna hate this so much it's
3: ridiculous okay like it's you have a 15 year old who's an intern at a publishing company in new york first of all that doesn't happen interns are like 24 because they're unpaid labor that you have to do in order to get a job in publishing and they would never have somebody organize a book release party for Toni Morrison, who had first of all never organized a book release party in her life. Second of all, probably doesn't even know who half of Toni Morrison's works are or what her influences are and like has only been there for what, maybe two months by that point. And a book release for Toni Morrison would be a mid level publicist, publicist job, not a 15 year old intern. Maddie, I can see you're recording the call. I am very angry about this. I was going to say, I didn't realize
2: I could record this, but I have never wanted to record something so much (laughs) in my life as Carrie on this publishing rant. I really really wish you hadn't seen that because that was truly transcendent.
3: I it did love beautiful.
0: that. That was better than all but of Maddie, my rants But Maddie, can
1: I remind episode. you? We are actually recording this for a podcast. <laughs> but I wanted
3: the video! <laughs> yes, oh, okay. I talk with my hands. Okay, I don't think I was done being mad. No, yeah. Please going. go
0: on. Yes, I'm sorry.
3: And then... Uh, I don't know. Like, where... I can't even... Okay, there the, the You're so mid-level
1: many, publisher's job.
3: So many things were wrong with that, okay? Because Toni Morrison... I don't know when her last book was published. I don't think it would have been around this time. A 15-year-old would never have organized a book release party for anybody, even a debut author who wasn't given any publicity money at all. Like, that would still at least be a full-time employee's job that had been through three internships already that were unpaid. How did Betty afford to go to New York for three months and live? In an environment where they wouldn't have paid her to be there anyway, like it just makes zero sense. She, fifteen-year-olds do not organize book release parties for anybody, let alone Toni
1: Morrison. She would never have gotten that job. But tell us (sighs) how you really feel. (laughs) And that's our like introduction to Betty. Like that's why.
3: Like no, no, it's bullshit. It is bullshit. And it made me very angry. Clearly. yeah.
1: Katie's taking all of my notes. I Okay, fine.
0: Carrie's right. gotta
1: go next.
0: Going after on, Mac, yeah. Somebody referred to Archie and said that they've tried every flavor of boy but orange. I don't like that. Next. We haven't really talked about Cheryl all that much, but can we all agree we hate her?
1: Cheryl's the no, worst. You haven't seen enough. All right. I mean, well... she is messed up and does things wrong, and I hate a lot of what she does specifically in this episode, but she has dealt with a lot of trauma, which doesn't excuse it, but maybe explains it.
0: Well, I haven't been revealed of that trauma. So for all I can tell just from this episode, I think that she was a she's terrible awful. person. Yeah,
2: Mac terrible. and I are right. free to hate her.
0: All right. Next up, somebody referred to somebody as the Queen Bee of this drab hive. I wanted somebody to stab me with a fork when they said that. <laughs> next up. I did. Okay. There was one thing that I very much appreciated. Up until Veronica kissing Archie in that closet... Veronica was very supportive of Betty dating Archie, and for a girl that she had just barely met, that kind of support and encouragement from somebody who barely even knows you is something that is very important, and I did appreciate that. Please don't ruin that. If that changes later on in the season, I know it probably will. Everything changes. They have
2: a beautiful friendship.
0: They do have a beautiful friendship. I did like that. I appreciate that. The still, in fact, I maybe I I like that even their conversations did pass the Bechdel test. They 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 didn't just talk about Archie the whole time. Mm-hmm. It was important to me. I did like that uh, Bechdel test. I should mention, by the way, it's not the sole descriptor of something good. There are things that pass the Bechdel test that are terrible. And there are things that fail it that I think are great but I do still like to use it as an aspect of this is how diverse something can be, is that just women can just talk amongst themselves. That's important.
1: <gasps> yeah. We can? What? Without discussing
3: Since Matt? when?
1: Well, why are we I've never
3: talked about thing? anything
2: but
1: a man.
0: I, you get what I mean. I just like that there's ladies talking. Next up.
1: I like the ladies talking. I love talkers. ladies Look talking. At those
0: ladies. There was something tangibly good about betty standing up to her mom about her going to prom on her terms her making friends that she chooses i'd, I'd like the notion that she stood up to somebody who's controlling in the very first episode
2: mm-hmm. that was okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not prom Ar- but okay
0: <laughs> uh to archie if you don't really feel anything about betty just be honest with her because she's clearly got feelings with you and
1: i think he wasn't shouldn't. he at the end he was like eh. i don't know i did i carrie do you remember at the end it seems like he might have had feelings because he said you're too perfect and i'll never be good enough for you yeah but then i, I, I was in like in the
3: closet he says something like that things won't that he doesn't say he doesn't have feelings for her, I don't think. Doesn't he just say, no, he
2: like,
1: does. it will no, never he happen? Said- I think he says, he like, it, he'll, he doesn't. Or he's As like, I never thought about her that As a person watched it
2: way. the most recently, <laughs> he <laughs> definitely said, um, the feelings I'm supposed to have for Betty, I just don't.
3: Maybe the yeah. he has more. I don't know.
2: I, I guess you would maybe know more about me. And I
1: guess the emo voiceover what, from Jughead said that two hearts were broken after that conversation or whatever. But yeah, that's also I Jughead think being ugh—they're
3: app. I mean, it's supposed to keep us guessing. It's supposed to be a hook to keep you coming back.
0: Jughead, more like Radiohead,
1: <laughs> more like over Radiohead. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, All right, right, I like last Katie.
1: Two, that was a Jonah Ray joke, sorry.
0: Alright, last two jo- last two jokes. Uh actually last two notes. One last two jokes. Uh no, not jokes.
1: No more jokes. <laughs> no jokes allowed.
0: For seven minutes in heaven, Archie was never given an opportunity to say no. That boy is the most victimized person in this entire episode. Except and for I the And I do dead feel man. genuinely Except maybe for the dead kid. I okay he is I I have uh beyond that kid <laughs> he, is l- he is the most victimized He is the most victimized living uh visualized person, person in this episode <laughs> Okay I look nobody's having a great time in this episode <laughs> except maybe Moose Moose seems like he's chill
1: He's in the closet Yeah I you
3: think Kevin's yeah. having a pretty good time
1: Kevin. I think Kevin's having a Yeah, time. Kevin's,
3: Kevin's having a nice time.
1: So Kevin's <laughs> having a grand old time. He
0: only had to discover the one body. Alright, and finally <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh-oh. Drama. Last question. Uh last note. Was this what high school was supposed to be like?
1: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't yours.
0: I yeah. don't I don't know how many major house parties in a massive timber mansion you guys went
1: to, but just like four. I solved the closest at least I've-
3: three murders by the end of my sophomore year.
1: I only Ver- found one body though. Yeah. Okay, Veronica Mars. I uh, the
0: closest <laughs> I ever got was, um, I think my high school girlfriend's friend had a pretty nice house, and so four of us just went there after a prom and uh, watched Hugh Jackman's Van Helsing and just made fun of it the whole time. <laughs>
1: Honestly, you probably had more fun than I did at any party that I forced myself to go to.
0: Yeah. That's a that's film a that lie. even high I school. Had some fun. Fun but anyway. <laughs> Alright, that's all my notes.
1: Carrie, why don't you get mad some more about publishing?
0: <laughs>
1: Who knows?
3: Maybe I'll get there. Okay. Do so- you
1: remember that from when you first watched it or no? No. I didn't remember that that was like her thing. Okay.
3: Okay, so well also at that point, when did this air? Like twenty sixteen?
1: 2017.
3: Okay, so I would have been probably just starting my second year of grad school. Still learning.
1: You still would have known that a 15-year-old should not organize a Toni Morrison publishing party. It
3: probably wouldn't have stuck out to me as much.
1: You have much more rage now, exacerbated by everything.
3: Uh, Yeah, that's probably part of it. Just soaking (laughs) in adrenaline, my brain... It's just, it's all there. Okay, is, is so there something
1: to
0: get knowledge. angry at nowadays? I don't, I don't know.
3: Anyway, so I also <laughs> wrote about the music. I said I do love this song. The beginning, I mean, Jughead's like narration notwithstanding, it's I think pretty beautiful. The visuals are nice. They have that. it, it is very strong Twin Peaks vibes. Um. The slow mo and the car, and then the twins and the river and the—I mean, there's a little bit of an incestual overtone, but I'm gonna ignore that.
1: Do you remember why they're all wearing white, or why they're wearing all white? Just they're members of cult.
3: Just to be pretty.
1: I thought there was a reason, like a sacrificial situation, but maybe not. Not that I know of. I can't remember. Okay.
3: Um, I know later seasons there is like a weird cult, but I don't think they had anything to do That's with That's the
1: one with Jason. the gargoyle king. Isn't he the leader of the cult? I don't
3: know. It's something oh, about that. Mary and I probably
1: spent half an hour where I incredulously kept reading synopses of the future episodes and going, what? Please what? stop
0: saying his name. You're just making me want to watch it. <laughs>
1: Mac, that's why I kept reading and be like, I think I have to watch. It's like a train wreck. <laughs> there's a but with no people, so no one gets hurt.
3: Called the Fa- Like there's a place called the farm with a capital F where like people in the cult go. And I remember Alice is there undercover, like researching the cult, but she is also. Somehow a part of the Southside Serpents, which is the gang that Jughead's dad is the leader of, but when he goes to jail, jail, Jughead becomes did... the leader of this gang. And he yeah,
0: and, and then Quasimodo gets the amulet for Rasputin <laughs> to come into the.
1: And doesn't also Alice, Archie goes to jail at one point? FP does go to jail. That's what I just
3: said. Rushes? No, Archie goes to jail. Archie does go to jail. And, um, is For murder
1: or something. Oh my god. Maybe
3: an informant please for the
0: stop. FBI. <laughs> please Please, notes, please. You're gonna please explode
3: my brain. Please, notes. Okay, stop. yeah, so I wrote effective visuals. They're... The cinematography was beautiful for some of this show. Um, I think they are Gen Z's, non Millennials. Millennials are the ones writing it, probably. She would never organize a book release party for 20 Morrison. and... there's a dog that was really cute Vegas yes
1: great name for a dog
3: and uh I wrote (laughs) about um Jughead like in the when there's that the speech that Cheryl's giving when she's like yes Jason wouldn't want us to mourn let's have a party um Jughead's like sitting off by himself and I wrote I'm weird to remind myself about the the speech (laughs) that he gives that everyone makes fun of when he's like, I'm
1: a weirdo! Like, okay, whatever. Carrie, don't you know he's, like, super cool and a loner? And he wears, like, 40 shirts wrapped around his waist? And a beanie with a crown? It's really
3: cool. Good for Fred. I think that was a good
1: choice. I loved that! Ugh, you guys. A sophomore
3: would not be the head of the cheerleading squad, even if she was rich and the mean girl of the school. Like, Unless it was a JV cheerleading, she would not be the head of it.
1: Maybe we that's what she leveraged her brother's death for. She's got money. I think money can buy you anything, especially in a town like that.
3: Betty did tryouts for her the year before, and Cheryl said no to her. That would mean that as a freshman, she would be in charge.
1: But don't the Blossoms like own the town or something? Isn't no, that a whole thing?
3: I don't think so. With the money. Even if that was the uh, case, I don't think that she would be head of the cheerleading squad.
1: Maybe all the cheerleaders before her died. She was the only one.
3: I don't think that's the case. In a
1: freak <laughs> accident. Um, in a freak bus accident.
3: I wrote. No, that's Veronica, of Mars.
1: Veronica Mars.
3: Um, that Fred's <laughs> a good dad. Um, Jughead like isn't even in this, and. It's weird that all the families are at the river when they are taking Jason's body away. I thought that was very strange.
1: It's that is a little weird.
3: They shouldn't be there.
1: I mean, it's, it is for the drama. Because but... then the
3: narration is like, one of these people will be arrested on Tuesday. And one of these people will something on Monday. And it's like, here is everybody all together.
0: Either there shouldn't be that many people there or there should be much more people that were not as consequently involved with the story.
1: Well, if you guys recall, it ends with Jughead's super emo voiceover where he says, it's a town of shadows and secrets so they have to have everyone in the town at the river so they could pan through the town of Shadows and Secret. No, Town's like 12 people?
3: Yeah, Mack's saying should be more people there, she- there. Oh. As background. It's,
0: it's like the sheriff said, we gotta call all the main characters in.
1: Well, do you remember the 21st night of September? Um... Well, when was it four or five years ago when they found those body parts at the intersection in our town mm-hmm. and like I, re- people would like drive by it to gawk and it was only because I think it was on like two highways that you couldn't like get out and stand and look but like it was a thing that people knew and talked about for a, a long time and like I would drive by it because it's also the way to get to the highway
0: I know, I'm just okay. saying it wouldn't just be the main characters in that case.
3: And they Maybe still would be people. wearing their gowns and stuff from the night before. And also, one other thing I forgot, how many days of school did they even have in this show? And they're all of a sudden at a semi-formal?
1: What is that? I wondered if that was a school tradition where the first week of school you have a dance.
3: I mean, you can do that, but also one day.
1: It wouldn't be a semi-formal, though. I mean... What a, there's a there's a fall dance from our high school because I remember it was like it's like beginning of October or something like that. Homecoming, right. yeah. It's called Homecoming. I it's not I, Homecoming. There's one before Homecoming. There I ain't. literally I went to three dances my whole time in high school and the one was sophomore year. It was like a country western Wait, a silly theme. No,
2: no. It's not it's not homecoming. It's like you wear regular clothes
1: and you dance yeah, like in I wore the jeans. lunchroom. Yep. Yeah. But it was a dance, and it was early. It was yes. not the first week of school.
0: I think we're on the Glee timeline here. You know, every other week is like semi-quarter quad finals or whatever, so guys, they can just have a dance anytime. This
1: show sometimes had Glee vibes, and I found out the guy who created it wrote for Glee. Mm. <laughs> so, that, that might explain some of it. Please Anywho, tell me there's
0: not been a musical episode yet.
3: Katie no, There has, Matt. Go. There's been at least one. We gotta get through this. A musical episode? There's a musical episode of Riverdale. Remember, they were putting on a musical and they were singing and stuff. Oh, they were putting on
1: Carrie. Oh, thinking, yes.
0: Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God.
3: If I hear anything more
2: about this show beyond what I already know, I'm gonna <laughs> die.
1: Okay, Katie. Okay, what are your okay. notes? We covered a lot of my notes, so of don't worry. For someone who knows everything, the fact that Veronica doesn't know what a chocolate shop is bothered me, especially because you could infer from the phrase. You're in a small town going to a chocolate shop,
3: honestly, um, if I were her, I would think of more like a candy store than
1: I guess, like the chocolate harbor um I yeah. oh, we haven't really talked about the costumes. the visual language of the show I actually loved. I love the cinematography, the lighting, it's obviously very dramatic and soapy, but I do I loved Veronica's cloak. I like that she wears like clean dresses and pearls. I actually loved the cheerleading outfits. They were not that revealing. And I admired that for a show like this. Like turtlenecks and vests and normal length cheerleading skirts.
3: Honestly, that looked exactly like the cheerleading outfit from middle school. Except their shirts yes. their skirts were way shorter.
1: Not that much shorter, really.
3: Uh, they were shorter. Yeah.
1: You were a cheerleader, weren't you?
3: In middle school, yeah.
1: Yeah, so was I in middle school. And they were pretty much like that.
3: There Maybe a little bit shorter. We're
1: really short. Well, I admired that. I just, I really do love, I remember taking screenshots, even the scene of Archie and Miss Grundy at the river is compositionally beautiful. Yes. Well, subjectively, gross. <laughs> you <laughs> know, like any
0: film by Woody Allen.
3: Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah.
3: Of I- which, uh, Blue Jasmine
1: is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, and it's mentioned tw- at least twice in this show, which is weird. Oh. You know,
0: Alec Baldwin's blue jasmine.
1: But I loved her cloak in Pops. Like, who just wears a cape around? It reminded me of LA Confidential. I wish. I mean, it did remind... It It shows that Veronica has hutzpah. Like, to go pick up takeout and something like that is very, like... Just
3: like LA Confidential going to the liquor
1: store. <laughs> I mean, truly, yeah. We talked about the Adderall. We talked about Luke Perry. Um, I we did. You guys learn that they kind of stepped back from the bonkersness when Luke Perry passed away, and they had like a whole episode about how Fred like pushed a woman out of the way of a moving car, and that's how he ended up passing. And like the whole episode seemed like it was normal (laughs) and didn't involve goblins or drugs or gangs. And I thought. I was really glad it was a tasteful situation. Yeah. And the woman he saved was Shannon Doherty. Which is like, they were on 90210 together and it was sad and lovely. Anyway, I did have to look that up because I was like, this is a type of show where I don't exactly trust that they would handle this correctly. But they did. Um, We talked about Jughead being a weird loner. Cheerleaders. I did love Cheryl's whole monologue. The thing is, I kind of loved watching Cheryl because she's so bonkers and mean. And the monologue at the lunch table where she has this whole spiel and then she's like, follow me on Twitter, I'll follow you back. Like, it was such a weird... It was like, what a 40-year-old thinks teenagers talk like is this whole show. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not what teenagers actually say, but... um, I liked that. I thought the music room had way too much romantic lighting because it's a music room. You need to be able to read your music, so... Miss Grundy, another thing you did wrong. There's I a Cheryl... severe lack of fluorescence. Thank you. I was like, do you not have any fluorescent lights in this music room? What's happening?
3: Um, hello. Um, Sexy hot teens cannot be lit by fluorescent lighting. <laughs> but it's not lit. Man. The rest
1: of the gym had, or the rest of the school had fluorescent lighting. That was the only one that didn't. So it was very jarring. Um, I like that Cheryl was literally sitting on a throne at cheerleading tryouts. I don't know if you noticed that. It's like a full-on wooden throne chair. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. Um, I didn't love the whole... One thing that does bother me about Kevin is that he seems like they're portraying him as promiscuous-ish. He says that whole thing about Moose having a great penis, and then I was like, I don't want to hear 15-year-olds talking about each other's penises.
2: That was the point where I was like, i hate this i don't like this
1: (laughs) um i do like veronica and betty's friendship developing and that it's separate from interest in archie Mm -hmm. veronica itself she herself is a little refreshing because she calls people out on stuff and i do feel bad for betty but also i know what's in store so i didn't feel as bad because she's a little whatever (laughs) and um I'm just really over Jughead, literally already, because he's working on his novel. Because he's 15 at a chocolate shop at two in the morning, <laughs> and I was like, I think one of the reasons he bothers me so much is because I would sit at Big Boy at two in the morning with my friends after doing theater shows, and he gave me a similar vibe, except he was trying to be cooler and dark. Yep. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's actually all my notes. So let's. I mean. It sets up a mystery. You guys definitely had questions, mm-hmm. right?
0: Why did we do this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, what are your thoughts on that, I guess? If we're just kind of like setting aside the teen soap opera situation, why did we choose this to watch for this podcast?
2: Because I think that it mystery. does set up, I mean, it does set up a mystery. This in itself was not a mystery, so I would give it well, wait. Five
1: Do we want to do the PBS first?
2: Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Let Maddie finish her sentence. We Fibes can tabs. do the PBS. First. Well, like, do we have any final thoughts before we do Stabs and Stars?
3: What is the PBS? Not really. <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> We've been
2: talking for so long. We've Look, said our piece.
0: Let's pinch off the turd. What's the oh, PBS? Oh, gross.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. It was cutting ten you out. Seven women. Sorry, what? But I do feel there were more scenes and longer scenes of women talking to each other. Like I wonder if Hermione that's like Veronica. that one study
2: that's like when men and women talked equally, everyone thought that women talked more, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. But a lot of the scenes did mostly have women talking to each other or women talking to men. There were not a lot of men talking. Like, it was basically just Archie and his dad.
2: And Archie yeah. and his bros. Dude, where's the tea? The coach. I guess.
1: But those were fewer and far between than like there were two full scenes with Alice and Betty.
2: Yeah. I agree.
1: There were were more men and that's partly, I mean, the coach and Pop and Moose all had like two lines. So, but they were lines and we knew who they were. And Smithers. (laughs) So, yeah. Maddie, why don't you give us your stars and stabs? Um.
2: Spoiler alert: five stabs, and we'll go with f- <laughs> four stars. Because, okay. Because I don't know. It just jumped. I mean, it was probably because it was the exhibition, but exposition. I
1: was like, That's "It a was a great exposition I mean, it of was London? an
2: exhibition of horrible, <laughs> um, statutory rape. <laughs>
0: Four Ooh,
1: stabs, again. three stars. Uh, four stabs? Really? It set up
0: enough of a mystery and it put out clues enough that I can at least see it as a puzzle piece in what could be a better mystery. It gets three stars because I didn't like it and <laughs> you know, the aforementioned justification of statutory rape.
1: Okay, carry. Okay.
3: And Josie
0: and the pussycats are not mean! <laughs>
3: I would say I'm just basing it off of this episode even though I know what happens later I could see this being taken in a different direction that's better so I think mystery um four stabs and the episode itself five stars because it is beautiful they do a lot of good cinematography the songs are good um I like Veronica's character for the most part. Betty's pretty cool. Um, the actor is not fourteen, so I can say that KJ Apka, what's his name?
1: I didn't look that up at all. The actor I barely who... actually looked anything up to be honest.
3: The actor who plays Archie is pretty attractive. So yeah, what about you, Katie?
1: Um, basing just again, like just on this episode. I think that I would give it five stabs because I do five or even six because it sets up in terms of a mystery show. I do. I had so many questions. I was like, what happened to Jason and Polly? What happened with Jason? Who killed him? What's going on? So like, I did have a lot of questions. But in terms of the show, in terms of stars, I would probably give four. Because, well, I don't know. Just based on the episode, I do. Have, I would probably have given it a six because it was interesting and visually cool, but the statutory situation knocks it down at least two. So five and four would be my thing.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. So um, next time we are covering something else made for children. <laughs> that is infinitely less like a soap opera. And
2: way more better. <laughs> and
1: way more better indeed. They do not misrepresent publishing at all. <laughs> and it's got John
0: that. DiMaggio.
1: You don't know that, Carrie. When's the last time you watched these episodes? Uh, I don't know, but I don't think yep. that they Tune they in did next that. time to see if Carrie needs to go on another publishing rant. Rant. Um, Anyway, we are watching Adventure Time and it is a very short show. In fact, episodes are 11 minutes long. So we are watching two of them. We are watching season two, episode 19, titled Mystery Train, and season three, episode 12, titled The Creeps. So if you want to join us, you should watch those two. Spend 22 minutes of your life watching a show we will get into next time. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Mostly murder We do have a website that is occasionally updated at mostly dot com. Sorry. We have a Gmail that is checked sometimes at mostly murder but sometimes not at gmail dot com. Um so yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh dealing with our anger and <laughs> starting <laughs> In frustration and glee at the nonsense that we just covered. Thank you. So yeah, thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye. Okay, bye.
0: Bye, everybody. All right, so I got this new idea. It's Marmaduke, (laughs) but he's an undercover agent in dogfighting rings.
1: And sexy. Stop. No.
2: (laughs) No, I hate it.